Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to tonight's Winchester Radio discussion of uh, Hibbing 9-11, uh, the latest Supernatural episode uh, written by uh, Jenny Klein and story by Jenny Klein and Phil Sagrisha, which I thought was really cool, and directed by Tim Andrew, who has done several episodes of Supernatural. Um, let me see. This is the second to last episode before we get a season break. Um, I enjoyed this episode. It, it uh, was the return of two, uh, well, I'd say Jody's a recurring character, uh, and Donna has been on before. She was in the Fat Spot episode, The Purge, uh, played by Brianna Buckmaster, and of course Jody's by the wonderful Kim Rhodes. Both of them were marvelous. And I really enjoyed this episode, and I thought it was a sign of you know, good writing and a solid episode and uh, acting and characters when Sam and Dean weren't weren't there that often because I was enjoying the rest of the episode and I was really enjoying Jody and Donna working together. And they were in it enough and it was, it didn't go too long without them, but I I just enjoyed it because um, it was so well done. I was like, you know, I, I love Sam and Dean and Sam and Dean. And but I'm okay that uh, the scene only has Jody and Donna, or just Donna, or just Jody. So I thought that was that was a good episode. Um, Hibbing 9/11, I think, might be a little play on the old crazy comedy show Reno 9/11, which I didn't watch. It's not really my kind of thing, but I don't know. Did either of you guys ever watch it? Use it to compare. No, I never watched it. It's just not my type of show, but I know a lot of people that did, and they liked it a lot. So mm-hmm. I didn't it's watch it a lot. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I've seen a few episodes, more than I would say more than a half. I used to date a guy that really liked the show. So it wasn't like he had to be home to watch it, but if we were home and he was watching it and it was on, we were most likely going to watch it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, one of those, it's one of those shows that I, I think a lot of, like, on-the-surface dumb shows, are this way, like people who think that South Park is dumb. And I'm not a big South Park fan, but it's one of those that you have to watch it and watch it a few times to get that it's satire and it's extreme social commentary. And mm-hmm. Reno, 911, Reno 911 is like that, where you think it's this dumb show, and then when you really pay attention to what you're watching, it's it's actually fantastic social commentary. I just mm-hmm. didn't care about it that much. But... um. That's and that's why he liked it. But mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, random shout out to Reno nine one one. I didn't care. For, I didn't care for it, but I respect what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, As for this episode, I liked this episode a lot. It was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. I I mm-hmm. really enjoying these Monster of the Week's episodes, and I think. I love Jody and Donna together. They were great. And like I tweeted on Tuesday night, this is the spinoff I want. The Adventures of Jody and Donna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, there was um, some nice continuity. Jody uh, is still taking care of Alex 
from and they wove that in so well. Yes, uh, like mm-hmm. like a a plus to Jenny Klein for doing it without beating you over the head about it. It was super mm-hmm. organic. Um, and especially, I love the moment where you know they ask the boys ask her how or Shan asks her how she's doing. She's like. Oh, she's head of the cheerleading squad. I was like, really? He's so proud. And she's like, no, she smokes pot under the bleachers when I deal with it. Yeah. And it was just because, you know, it keeps it from getting a little too, too fanficky, a little too kitschy. If mm-hmm. Alex was doing just, you know, 180 stellar, you know, cap, you know, mm-hmm. on the National Honor Society in that short time frame with Jody being a single mom and, you know, starting from, you know, usually you tend to raise a child from young to older, but you're starting almost at the end of what a lot of parents consider their tenure. And that's hard anyway. And then, you know, trauma, also extra difficult. So I like that it wasn't, like I said, cutesy and kitschy, but that Jody Mm -hmm. also gets that, you know, Sometimes kids are stupid, and so I liked that. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, um, I really, really liked the episode. And like I said last week, um, it was it was my birthday episode, so it was like, ah, oh, please be good, please be good. Like I just want this as my birthday present, and because you know, apparently it's all about me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, uh, when I watched it, my mother told me, like like I've said before, you know, her and I watch every episode together. And I said, well, she said, she said to me, she said, you have not picked up your phone once through this whole episode. And I realized I was just sitting there with this giant grin on my face going, this is the show I missed. This is what I wanted. This is what I've been waiting for. And it was that same feeling mm-hmm. I had with, with, with 1006, with the Clue episode. It was that same feeling of, it almost had like a season, it didn't have a season one or two feel. It had more like a season three feel right around the time where the show started to visually get brighter and a little, even though Dean was, was, you know, dying, there was a little, there was a, a, a nice balance of levity in the show. Uh, we had Bad mm-hmm. Day Black Rock and episodes like that, that weren't, because, you know, sometimes the show steps into comedy where it comes a little more in meta comedy lately. Um, so this felt a little more, and I just really, really love this episode. <laughs> and I think, like you, were, like you were saying, you know, the boys weren't in it very much. I don't even feel that way. And I think the reason I don't feel that way is that that Jenny Klein managed to do where you don't notice they're, that they're not in it as much because the way she places the scenes and how she weaves them into the story, mm-hmm. there's no time for you to really go, well, what happened to Sam and Dean? Because right at the point where you might start thinking that, there they are. And I think she just did that really, really, really well. And I liked the balance of I've always I've always really liked how in an episode where you're kind of seeing how other people view Sam and Dean, that outsider point of view. But what I liked about this episode is it was almost like you were getting multiple point of views of multiple people. And so you got to see how people view Sam and Dean as feds and as Sam and Dean. And then you got to see how Sam and Dean view initially Jody versus Donna. And I don't know, I just really dug it. And 
There was one little detail that I really, really liked, and it's one of those things that you had canon, but I just really loved it, is I love that because we've discussed that, you know, Sam and Dean just, they blow in and they blow out. And I love that they remembered Donna, not just visually, mm-hmm. but Sam was like, it's Donna. And, and Dean was almost immediately like, oh, from this case. And right. it's, it's one of those things that's funny because, you know, they were not getting along during that case. That was the mm-hmm. purge, and they were not getting along, and they were not quite as in sync as they had been in earlier seasons. So for them both, and Sam remembered her first name and her last name and addressed her properly. It's just the little things that I was like, I really, really, really like this. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just really, really happy with the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it for that reason. Like I said, even when Sam and Dean weren't there, it was it was fine. You know, I, I was enjoying the rest of it because it was so well done. And again, just when it was going on too, not too long, but just like at the point where you need them to swing back through and, and you know, the Winchesters needed to be there. It was so well done and so uh, logical and sensible, and it just they just wove in and out just like they were supposed to. I like when um, um, Jody they find they um, Donna seen the, the monster and they need to check out the sheriff and they go to his room and Jody leaves Sam the voicemail so she doesn't even know if he if he's gotten it yet, but that's how they come together for the case. They both meet at the room. That, mm-hmm. that she's told them about. And I like, you know, everybody drawing their weapons <laughs> and what they have. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I thought that was a, that was a good moment for them. Um, I thought Donna, um, she's, she's on the surface, sort of seemingly very chipper and easygoing and, and light and, it's very deceptive because she's all of those things, but she's also very smart and intuitive and definitely a good um, cop. And she's capable. And she coped with finding out there are monsters out there and they're real um, really well. I mean, she she's she's hyperventilating. She spots Sheriff Q's, you know, as a, as in his form as a vampire. She thinks he's the killer. Of course, we find out differently later on, but she doesn't freak out. She doesn't scream. She doesn't run, um, which was probably something the way I might've handled it, but, but not Donna. And, and she hid and she just breathed really hard, but she held it together. And then she went straight to Jody to ask about it. And then by the end of the episode, she was handling it really well. She's like, she's got this. She beheaded a vampire when she had to. And and what I also like, like you're saying, you know, she didn't scream. She didn't, (coughs) excuse me. What I also like about that and what I like about Donna is the balance of her. She didn't freak out, but she also didn't jump into the fray Mm -hmm. Um, unprepared like she knew I I can't do this right now and she did what a cop should do she went for backup Mm -hmm. and I like that and what I like about her too is like you said she's on the surface you know this bubble and light but it's also you figure out that this is how she copes and it's also Mm -hmm. it's 
it's the kind of cop she is, you know, where Jody walks into the morgue and she's just like, show me all your stuff because I'm the sheriff. And mm-hmm. the medical examiner is like, no. And, you know, mm-hmm. Donna walks in and it's this friendly and it's, it's, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She's mm-hmm. not just like, I'm nice, let me in. Like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's calculating because that makes it sound manipulative. But right. it's not. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. It's smart on her part, and she does that. And but mm-hmm. it's also she's very she's very aware. Also, like when she walks out of the the bathroom, the bar, and she realizes that Jody left her. And when she walks out there, Brianna does this really nice progression of super super chipper, and then she gets down because she sees her ex, and she excuses herself to the restroom, which I love the line about where it's, it's being it's less grosser. Um, and then there's, there's that progression. There's the progression to noticing Jody left her. And then when she goes outside and tells Jody, no, no, I get it. Get, get a hint, Donna. And it's this heartbreaking moment where you, you get why she puts on this front. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it gave a character which could have been a really, a real caricature it gave the character really great depth and I thought it was written really well and I thought it came across Brianna did a really great job making it come across. Mm-hmm. And also I have to say and I one of my favorite things was when Jody jumped on to Doug about the way he treated mm-hmm. her and he and he she Jody mentions to him fat shaming and then she looks at um she she looks Donna. at Donna and says, Not and you're not even fat and mm-hmm. I as a fellow big girl, I really, really like that. I and it's like you don't see other big girls on T V very often and mm-hmm. I I love seeing someone that, you know, kinda looks like me, even though oh my god, Donna is Ella sexy, way sexier than me. <laughs> and so, you know, I just really like that. And I I just, I think I love everything about Donna. I love her to death. I love her. Well, and that same <laughs> moment you're talking about, I was talking about it with, with Sue earlier. Uh, uh, not Susan. I have another Sue. There's a lot of Sue's in my life. I have a lot of Sue, Susan, and Suzanne's in my life. It's really strange. Um, (laughs) But she was saying, we should talk about that same moment, and it's the way that that Kim does the whole, and by the way, you are not fat. It's such such a, the way she plays it, it's such a, it's such a girl, girl, girlfriend thing that you do because you'll get on this rant about something and you realize that you're either, peripherally or talking for someone and you do that aside where you you're still going with your thoughts and so you do kind of do that whole hand up let me clarify and then you keep going and mm-hmm. I thought you know it was really I mean obviously you know the episode's written by a woman a character's played by a woman you know everybody you know it's, it's a very female thing to do I think because I've done it my whole life and I've had people whatever the aside is it's that really quick let me throw out the aside don't interrupt don't get upset I don't leave you, and then you could see you on. So I like that. And I like the moment before that when they're both talking, you know, guns with the the guy that's doing the showing, and 
he's mm-hmm. making fun of them. You know, you can take it to you can take it to lunch. You can take it while you get your nails, and they just mm-hmm. smite him. They basically. just roll right over him. Yeah, they roll right yeah, over him. Yeah, they're like. And I love know, I love Jody's comment. Well, I hope you've got a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. But I like that. I also like that moment where they connect over it, and then mm-hmm. you know because I like that they didn't make them super antagonistic or connect right away. And you know the playoff of it being about like you know being like the movie The Heat. But it wasn't as over the top as the heat is. I love the heat. I think it's hilarious. But it's it is over the top. Um, and and I, I just like I said, I think this all in all, my my biggest compliment to this episode is the pacing and the balance. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just and I think you know I think it's very difficult to do that in a show that's ten years old. Um, you're bringing back a character that's been written several times and then a, and a character that's only been written once and you didn't write that. You didn't create either of these characters. I mean, Jenny Klein has written Odie before, but she had never written Donna before. And to bring them together and I just thought, I think the, the pacing and the the timing in this episode was, I would say, as close to perfect as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked I liked Donna just to go back to a little bit of how she coped with with finding out monsters are real, and um, I like when she and and Jody are are talking to Sam and Dean and they're about to go off to this address to to check out the vampires and they're like, well, we're going. What do you mean we? And and both of them are like, you know, of course we're coming. And Donna goes, stuff it, Dean, if that's even your name. And he just loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And he kind of takes a step back for a second, like, what? And then and then when he says, okay, but, but we're going to take the lead, she agrees because I believe at that point she understands that there's Sam and Dean have a whole lot more experience, and even right. Jody does as well, than, than she does. And then she can she can come, but, but she's smart in knowing if there's a difference between uh, a police boot and an officer who's been on the force for 30 years, you know, and it's just a difference in the ex- experience. You know, they're both police in, in title, but there's a great difference in someone just getting started and someone who's been doing this a while. And I think, I think she gets that. It's a, it's a balance between, I'm, you know, I'm coming and I am capable, but I understand that I'm not experienced enough yet, but I want to come so I can learn. And, and she ended up, of course, being a big help. But I, I liked that scene very much because, and Dean's not trying to, you know, uh, send her home because he thinks she's not capable. He just knows she doesn't have that experience yet. He doesn't right. think she can do it. He just, well, and, he's just concerned. And they have the they have the same concern earlier when they recognize her and they're like, she's not. A, we know who she is, but she doesn't. She, you know, we. We kept her out of it last time, which is something I liked about last time mm-hmm. when we met her. That because sometimes I feel like, you know, Sam and Dean, do you really have to tell that person what's going on or ruin their rest of their life? You don't mm-hmm. have to. And I like mm-hmm. that they didn't with her. And mm-hmm. 
I I like that this time it was like we we still want to protect her. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think that that was I don't think that that was anything to do with with sex or gender. I think it was. Mm-hmm. She's good at what they she wish does. they didn't they wish they didn't know. Right. And mm-hmm. I was yeah. Like, mm-hmm. There was also that moment. I think for me, this is something that I've always kind of liked about Dean. And it it, yeah, it it also kind of weaves into like you know the head canons you create about characters when you're watching the show, but I like when you know when they are after Jody's given her the talk and Sam and Dean are changing. Which did you change in the car? Because that was really the implication of the scene. But anyway, <laughs> um, I mean that's fine. Just could you change in my parking lot? Okay, just <laughs> um, saying. Um, I. I like that when she comes out and she, her and Dean are kind of, you know, having that, that briefing type of moment. And she says, you know, and last time, and Dean's like, yeah, monster, sucking the fat right out of you. And there's that moment where, where Sam is, like, almost embarrassed for how crass and abrupt his brother can be. Mm-hmm. But it's, a, it's, the same thing that, it's the same thing that Jody's doing. He's not calling her fat. Every, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody has a fat percentage. So he's not saying sucking the fat out of you because you're fat. It's just that's what that we're doing, sucking the fat out of everybody. Yeah, and yeah, I wish it's like, I like that's that what, it's, that's what was I, happening. Right, and I like, that, I like that moment because, again, I don't think that Dean, I've always said, in terms of Dean being attracted to people or, like, attracted to women, I think it's, you know, we've always said, you know, Sam kind of has a type, but what is Dean's type? Dean's type kind of seems all over the place. And I think his type is a personality type. And I don't, I've never really gotten the idea that Dean really always looks at the physicality of somebody. Not always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, last episode he did. But <laughs> um, I just, I've never gotten that feeling. Like, you know, if you go back to Tall Tales and they're talking about the bar. And Dean's perception of the girl he's hitting on is one way, and Sam's perception is another way. And the two girls, you know, and I say this as a bigger girl, one is significantly thinner than the other. Neither girl is overweight, but one's a thicker girl. And Mm -hmm. I tend to believe Sam's perception of it. And I think that for Dean, his perception is that he didn't think the girl was big. Mm -hmm. Or bigger. Again, she's not a big girl at all. Mm-hmm. And I always go back to um, season one, Cookman, when the librarian brings them a box of, you mm-hmm. know, books and papers, and Dean turns around and watches her walk away. You know, she's an older, you it's know, she's bit, older than him, and you know, and, right, exactly. And he likes to watch her walk away, and so yeah. I think just you know, he like he he digs chicks like that's just it. Just it is what it is. And I don't think, that, and it's not in a, it's not in a, in a bad way. It's in a, it's in a, in my opinion, quite respectful way. He makes no promises. He isn't, and you know, when he's not a demon, he's not a dick. You know, he's always been kind of the more outwardly uh, chivalrous one. So, but my point is that was, I like that what it also shows about Dean is Dean is ever so slightly poorly socialized which obviously given the way he grew up and the life that he's lived and he's kind of always been a vagabond and 
I like mm-hmm. that he's ever so slightly poorly socialized to the point of honesty. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that kind of like, for me, my headcanon of that is that Jessica probably had to take quite a few months to tell Sam, no, 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 don't say that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say that. No. <laughs> so, and I feel like, I feel like Lisa kind of had to do the same thing. D was like, uh-uh, no, 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 not that. Because this is, a, this is somebody who's, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I like those, like I said, what I think gave this episode a nice feel was all these little subtle character ticks that create a character depth that I think everybody had, even, you know, even the, the vampires where I'm at. It was kind of, it kind of reminded me of uh, when you meet, uh, when you meet Spike and Buffy and he's, you know, there's a vampire talking about he's been there since the crucifixion and <laughs> Spike's like, crucifixion? And he's like, now what's I just That was a weird, you know... I just I watched like, that episode the other day. Yep. <laughs> you get that same kind of thing on a twist where Sam kind of underestimates how old she, how old the, the vampire nest leader, whatever you want to call her, how old she is, he he tells her, you know, Burning Man, she's like, try Woodstock. And at this point, mm-hmm. you know, Woodstock is, in vampire years, not a considerable amount of time, to be honest. But if you're looking at a differential between Burning Man and Woodstock, it's time and culturally a very different thing. It kind of gives you that the idea that this is not her first rodeo by far. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea. Now, here's two th- I like the idea that the sheriff was like, you know, her sire basically, but who killed their own sire? Who does that? Nobody does that. Don't do that. She beheaded mm-hmm. him. I was like, honey, you don't kill your sire. That's no. Yeah. I miss, you I miss the days when vampire lore existed that if the sire died, everybody that everybody in the lineage died. I miss those days. <laughs> um, I, I liked her. I, I, I enjoyed her as a character. Um, I liked that Jody ran into her at the beginning and Jody, mm. Jody assumed just like we did that. She was just sort of a harmless, sweet kind of street girl trying to, you know, raise a little money, maybe have lunch and, and, uh, um, and, but, but after you've seen the episode at least once, when she says, go get yourself some lunch, you, you know, that expression on her face means a lot yeah. more than, oh, Thanks. You know, it's yeah. Don't don't mind if I do. She's thinking probably. And what, I, <laughs> and what I liked about that is, I know that not every area is like this, but my area where I live, the entire city that I live in, it's there's a lot of ends and a lot of intersections, and therefore a lot of a lot of panhandling, a lot. Mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. nearly every streetlight, and you do have that moment, and it's also harder as you. As as the times progress, that people don't carry cash, and but there's always that moment of I want to give you cash because I want to help you, but I don't actually know what you're going to do with it. And so sometimes mm-hmm. you do feel better giving, like you know, I will go buy like, you know, like a two dollar hamburger or something for several people, and I, you know, you do that because then you're like, okay, I'm doing something, but I also know that you you're, you're going to either eat this or throw it away. But you're mm-hmm. not going to do something that's going to harm yourself with it. And I like mm-hmm. when Jody puts the money in her and tells her, get something to eat. 
And the first time you mm-hmm. watch it, you know what she means. And you know that Jody's so aware that she she knows that there's a possibility she's not actually helping this girl. But she mm-hmm. really wants to believe that she is. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the next time you watch it, you catch that little smile. And mm-hmm. you're like, uh, oh. But the first time you yeah. watch it, you're like, you want to believe that Jody got through to this girl. Mm-hmm. And... You're just like this is this is just a little throwaway moment. This means nothing mm-hmm. until she comes back later on. And I, I like how she kept rhyming. Yeah, I honestly thought it was just a moment to show Jody thinking about thinking in her head about Alex. I thought that's mm-hmm. what it was at first. Mhm. Yeah, I was I was too. And when it turned out to be the hippie chick, I was like, oh. Because, you know, mm-hmm. usually usually you're like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be the one, you know. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, this time they were really good about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of people say, you know, it was an obvious, it was obvious. And I don't think it was overly complex. And, I, of course, everyone's, uh, me of all people, I'm going to tell you, you're, everyone's entitled to an opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But. I don't think it was overly complex, but I don't think it was simplistic either. I, again, I mm-hmm. go back to balance, where it, it, it could have easily been the sheriff. And while that may have been obvious, and we've seen episodes where, you know, where you think, okay, this, the point of this is not the bad guy itself. The point of this is Donna in that moment. And then... Mm-hmm. It, as it progresses, you know, then you realize it's what happened with the sheriff in terms of this this nest, and it's you know that little backstory, and also just to see, you know, them all try to work themselves loose, and I just mm-hmm. again, I just think, like I said, I'm not going to say it was overly complex because I don't, it wasn't, and I don't think it was intended to be either, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was simplistic. I think it had mm-hmm. my. My catchword of the of this episode of this podcast is going to be balance. I like that it, at when uh, Jody calls them the first time and they're talking about it, and Dean gets, "Oh, everything was eaten. Oh, it's not a vampire." You know, he mm-hmm. misses it, and rightly so. I mean, why wouldn't he? Sam didn't disagree. Jody didn't disagree, and it's a different kind of vampire than we've seen. I mean, there are others that we saw. We've seen vampires, and these are apparently very <laughs> environmentally conscious vampires where they use everything. As she says, I love, we, we don't just sit and go, we use all of the buffalo. <laughs> and yeah, yeah she's, I, a, she's a very nutty, <laughs> nutty um, a vampire, but, but they, she says they don't steal, they scavenge and they're, they're eating the entire base, almost the entire um, victim they've chosen, which is, interesting and um and i'm sorry i must confess to a shallow moment i really enjoyed her taking the belt off of dean (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry it was hot i liked it i I mean i just i i just (laughs) said they should change in my parking lot which uh, i i don't even have a parking lot so you're entitled (laughs) to your moment as well Um, I do want to say that you know you have to give credit where credit is due. 
one of the lines I really liked, we learned because Jensen did um, live. <gasps> that was the probably episode. one of my favorite lines. Was mm-hmm. the line. and the what I real there's a couple things I really enjoy about it. What I enjoy about it is if you don't know that it was ad libbed, it's 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 funny because it's it's just mm-hmm. being as earnest in the most inappropriate way as the most you shouldn't be earnest about this thing way. And it was very, you know, early season one through three Dean. But also there's this moment, once you know that it's ad-libbed, there's this moment, the way Jensen gives the look after he says Kinko's, and you're, you can mm. see that he's kind of waiting for Jared to break, and since Jared doesn't, and he goes <laughs> with it. And there's this little moment of, and I was telling uh, my same friend, Sue, and she was like, you know, you just made a statement that only someone in fandom understands. And I was like, there's this moment where it's Jensen, where he stops playing Dean and starts pretending to play Dean. <laughs> that's the only way I can explain it, where it's not out of mm-hmm. character. It's just this little mm-hmm. moment that if you've ever been to a con or you know that it's ad lib or you've ever watched Jensen give an interview, that you see this, you see a little more Jensen peek out. And I really enjoyed it. It wasn't a bad mm-hmm. thing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you did. You're proud of it. You really <laughs> did. And I love yep. Jared, you know, I get a testament to their chemistry and how long they've worked together and how well they work together. But Jared didn't break. He didn't even, like, it didn't even, he didn't even skip a beat. Yeah. And it's a surprise yeah. because he's, if have, of both of them, he's the one that is more likely to go. Right, but, you I know, mean, Jensen Jensen's gives a this, rock. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, Jensen goes, you know, this dispatch means something. And instead of breaking, instead of anything, Jared flies right into, I mean, the king goes. I love perfect. That. Like, it's it so means something. Good. I made it a king goes. Like, hello. And then and, and then he says proud of this that. pretend job you're proud of. He's like, Hello. You know? Yeah. No, we're not like, really I, FBI agents, right? <laughs> and because and I always think about this when whenever Sam and Dean roll in and set out with some with the local uh law enforcement, is it's that moment it, you know, everybody watches whatever law and order or all the law and orders, which, uh, you know, I'm a big law and order SVU and criminal intent fan, except when, t- when criminal intent started airing episodes with Chris Noss. I don't want to get into that, but right, I don't watch those. Vincent D'Onofrio only. But hmm. it's that moment because you're watching it from, you know, these departments in LAPD, it's their point of view. So it's, that's your point of view. And every time the feds roll up into one of those, you feel like, they, you know, they're like, oh, great, it's the feds. Oh. And you feel that way for them, too. Yet when you watch Supernatural, mm-hmm. it's reversed because you know the, you know the real, their air quote reality. And so when they get kind of like, ugh, the feds, you're like, no, 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 they're here to make sure you don't die. Calm down. And in this <laughs> episode, you, again, I talked about, you know, differing point of views where Dean does take it a little too seriously and a little too far. And the deputy's like, yo, I, I know how to do my job. And so you have mm-hmm. this moment of, of being on both sides of going, you should defer to them because they know what's up. But also, Dean, calm down, yo. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I like that sheriff having a, you know, he stood his ground. He's like, oh, you know. You know, it's cute when they think they know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, the right. FBI doesn't do that. And I like that. And I like that the deputy was kind of side-eyeing them. Like, 
why are you even here if this is what this mm. if it's what they think it is why are you yeah he's right why are you here mm-hmm. and I like I like when Dean goes and talks him down and the deputy confides in him because it's when you go back and watch it again because we you know if you go out and watch it the second time you can see the actor that plays the deputy you can see him have this moment that you don't notice the first time of I know that my boss did something that's sketchy, but where do my loyalties fall? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not going to beat the dead horse, but yes, the B word, balance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I guess, I guess I did just beat the dead horse, huh? Sorry, horse. Oh, wait, I'm afraid of horses. I don't care. <laughs> Um, another, uh, like some more moments that I, I really enjoyed in this, um, towards at, at the very beginning and Dean's researching, uh, the mark of Cain and Dean and Sam comes in and, and I, and he asked it again at the episode as well. You good to Dean. He says, you good. And I have a feeling he said that a lot because <laughs> he's worried. He doesn't want to go overboard, but he's definitely concerned, um, and it is kind of strange that there's not more information out there about the Mark of Cain, um, but someone managed to with a, a very big book on werewolf transgenderism, <laughs> which, interesting title, interesting men of letters research, but it's odd that there isn't much more about the Mark of Cain. But I like Dean trying to, who Jody calls, uh, trying to get out of doing the research, and he he actually gives Sam Dean puppy eyes, which we don't see too often. <laughs> and he purposely like just gives them that look. I loved it. And then Sam kind of sighs and gives in because, of course, puppy eyes. He says, all right, we'll go. Well, not just and puppy eyes. What I, what I liked about it, too, is where, you know Sam's kind of itching to go, too, but he's trying to be the responsible one because that's what Sam mm-hmm. does. And then, you mm-hmm. know, all he needed was a, the push of the pup, of puppy eyes to go, okay, that's a good enough excuse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. And, yep. And also, he he looks at, with the phone rings, he looks at the phone and he sees that it's Jody. He's delighted. You know, there's a genuine smile there. And then he mentions Dean and, and poor Jody's like, you found him? I'm like, thanks for telling me. You know, I'm like, and he's like, oops. <laughs> You know, and poor Jody. I mean, we talked about this in in the Alexis Annie Alex episode that you know there she was, you know, with a, a bad shoulder and could and and they just let her left her to carry her own suitcase out there. For some reason, they don't think of sort of following up things with her. I, I felt really bad for her that um, well, obviously Sam that. had been calling and talking to Jody about Dean and what had happened because she brings it up later to Dean and he says, Oh, you found him? I'm like, sorry. I and I like that moment, but you know, going back to because we discussed it during that podcast, which, you know, Kim was with us and told us that, you know, they they went in and added the line of, Do you want us to stay? Do you know mm-hmm. and because it just ended so abruptly and, and you know, Jared and Jensen were like, Wow, we kinda sound like dicks mm. and um, I thought about that, but on the other hand, I kind of like, and, and, and the fact that Dean only wants to go to get out of what he's doing, that they do trust Jody to handle this stuff. And mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, it's, it's, they don't, 
they don't think of Yodi, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about, about Dean earlier and, and, and Sam to a degree, and if you want to go back far enough, John, um, it's that it's, it, they don't really, in terms of hunting, these, these men don't see gender. They see capability. Are you capable or not? I don't care if you're male or female, because they have side, there's men that they've sidelined and gone, no, sit down, shut up, you know, don't get in my way. And there's females where they're like, go for it. You are capable. And I've always liked that. And I think Jody reinforces that where they don't see her as this, oh, my God, she's a chick. We should take care of her. Is she okay? They're like, no, Jody's got this. And I, I, I like that. I, I, really, I really like that about, about Sam and Dean, where for them it's, 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 it's not which bathroom you walk into. It's how do you hold your knife? Mhm. Nope. I I I don't I can't actually I'd probably really really have to dig to find a flaw with this episode. Mhm. I would really really have to dig. Oh. Um, going yeah. back on the phone because my my mother uh. My my mother will never let me forget that she was a Sam girl first and a Jared girl first before I was. Um, that I was like, that I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Dean and then Dean and then Jensen and then you know, I don't even. I I run forty nine fifty one and it depends on the day. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but she will never let me forget that I used to be pretty much seventy thirty, and. Hmm. We were watching. <laughs> we were watching the the opening, the opening, and when Sam answers the phone, and then when he tells her, you know, have fun because she's at the convention, and she tells him, "Bite me, Winchester," and that like he's just number one, he's so proud that he got to her. He's so proud that you know we rarely get to see Sam super like easy going and sarcastic like that. It's just it's a treat. Mm-hmm. But there's mm-hmm. the way the ca- the way the camera's hitting and the way, you know, Jared plays it and Sam's just so tickled with himself and like mm-hmm. his eyes are sparkling and the dimples are full force <laughs> and the smile yeah. is perfect and the and the, mm-hmm. the way the camera angle is on like his jawline my mom was like, Hold up, hold up, we're rewinding that. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that was yeah. kudos. Kudos director, kudos. That they found, mm. and like I said, it, I love Jody's response too. <laughs> the bite me, Winchester. I love that. Yeah, um, she, she she goes screw you, Winchester, but but oh, there's no you. heat yes. in it. Yeah, no, there's no it's, heat it's in totally, it. You know, it's, it's totally familial and it's it's friendly and it's light and it's what you would tell your buddy too. Like I, I mm-hmm. you know, all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Sam could hear the smile. You know, he oh, could hear the you could tell that he heard because of his reaction. Yeah, it was great. Yep. What I liked, great. and what I and what again, what I liked, and because, like I said, we very we through ten seasons don't always get to see a levity in Sam that is in that scene, and I I mention it because they keep talking. Everyone keeps talking about no, this is Dean. Dean's back to eating burgers and having fun and messing around and all this and. But it's also, you know, and yes, there's the undercurrent of the mark, but because they're in a better place and because Dean's in a better place and it reflects mm-hmm. on Sam, 
And so Sam's mm-hmm. allowed to have levity. Well, he doesn't mm-hmm. feel like he can't or he doesn't feel unwilling to have it. And Yeah. Well, speaking of the mark and being in a better place, I Dean's, I'd like lying, liar, liar, pants on fire at the end where he says, you know, Sam says again, you good. And Dean says, you know, it's the first time um, that he doesn't feel like the mark is pushing him. And Sam says, the first time, which of course, you know, we all know means all the other times Dean mm-hmm. felt the mark was pushing him. He just didn't happen to mention it. And and he said he feels like he says, I feel like me again. And Sam at the time can't can't really counter it with anything concrete. He's gotta go with, with what Dean's telling him and it seems okay, so he says, Okay, let's go with that. But, you know, he still hasn't let his guard down. And then, of course, Sam gets turns away and gets in the car and Dean holds his arm. Like, he does feel something. He, yeah, and the implication is, from Sam's point of view, he's going, okay, were you lying to me then? Are you lying to me now? Are you lying to me both? I'm mm-hmm. not going to fight about it. Because in the end of the day, because they have to deal with the mark, for Sam, it's a little bit irrelevant whether Dean's lying then or now, what does it change for Sam other than what, at what point he's concerned? But in terms of it doesn't change that they're trying to fix the mark together. It doesn't change that they're trying to, that they're in a better place with each other. It just, and it, it's almost, you know, Sam has to sit there and think, is he trying to convince me or is he trying to convince himself? And there's a, Oh, here I go saying it again. There's a lot of layers in that moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is. There is. There's a lot of a lot of reading that you can do into that. Mm-hmm. I like it, and I like that they're they're mostly talking. I mean, Dean doesn't always answer. Sam doesn't always ask, but they're definitely. Sam is watching and he's concerned and they they do talk about it they do bring it up and it's not much which i think is totally in character they're not going to sit and discuss this for hours on end but at least it's it's been brought up and there's been questions and concerned and i like that there was a super teeny tiny moment that i caught on the third time i watched it today that i it was so teeny tiny, but it was hilarious. It, it cracked me up. Um, mm-hmm. The scene where the sheriff is introducing convention or whatever to everybody. He's standing up there mm-hmm. at the podium, and he says, mm-hmm. this is my first time. And you can hear somebody in the audience say, obviously. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that was scripted. You know, I don't know how that happened. But I think that teeny tiny line was my favorite thing in the whole entire episode. <laughs> it just cracked me up so much. Yep, it's the little things. <laughs> yeah. See, whatever that was. Whoever that was, you're my favorite. I don't know if you were an actor or if somebody put that in an ADR. I don't know, but I loved it. <laughs> it had a little bit of a, an ADR sound to it because it sounded. It has that same audio quality that Phantom Travel has. Traveler has when it's. I love that movie. 
Oh, so yeah. Funny yeah. It has a slightly <laughs> off audio quality. It has the same one, and it, that's why you hear it, actually. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. it's something that was added, or maybe it didn't show up loud enough. Maybe somebody said it, and it didn't show up loud enough, so they had to go in and, and do it over. But it had that same mm-hmm. slightly off audio quality, which helps you catch it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just had to pause it. The, I didn't catch it till like, the third time, and I had to pause it and just crack up laughing. I was like, oh, this is too good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sam and Dean clocked on the head again. Oh, yeah. don't even get me knocked started. out. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, well. And tied it's up they, again, which ah, I don't mind so much. But, but getting clocked on the head. Here we go they, again. I mean, yeah. They have to have so many head problems that they just don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the first time when they showed the sheriff, Lynn Guy, whatever his name, last name was, um, I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy from Dark Angel. I wonder if Jensen remembers working with him. And then that night, Jensen tweeted, you know, about working with him on Dark Angel. I love that. Because as soon as he saw him, I was like, I forget what they call him on Dark Angel. But they were those tech guys who, um, there was a bunch of tech guys who were um, upgrading their bodies with and putting metal in their bodies. And he was the stupid one of the group who had had his, um, part of his arm removed and was waiting for the new um, robotic arm to come in. He was going to have put on in its place. And um, I remember, I was like, because they had a fight scene. Dean had a fight with, um, no, well, not Dean. He was Alec at the time. Um, had a fight scene with that, that group of people. And I was like, oh, I totally remember. That's awesome. Very cool. And speaking of Jensen tweeting, I uh, um, just love his tweets. I enjoy that he was live tweeting the app, um, picking out some interesting things. And then there was this whole saga of him ordering pizza and pepperoni <laughs> dreaming. His his hashtags are just sublime. I mean, he's so yeah. good at it. And and pepperoni dreaming, <laughs> which cracks me up in so many different ways. But uh, I, I wonder if he ever got his pizza, you know? I mean, I had that was <laughs> I mean, question I had. <laughs> poor pizza guy. Um, the wrath of Jensen Ackles, because, you know, he plays a hunter on TV. He's kind of well-trained. So nope. I'm just saying, I hope he got his pizza. Although I will say he was expecting his pizza really fast. <laughs> That's you true. Want your pizza? You want your pizza there? Maybe they were right downstairs. Maybe they were right downstairs. Maybe, but like from commercial break to commercial break, like, whoa. There's a, there's a, there's a meme out there, which is actually a, like a, it's a spoiler picture from, from next week's episode. <laughs> But I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it's Dean, I think, I don't know if he's dreaming, probably dreaming, where it's, and I'm sorry, it's a spoiler, so if you really don't want to know about next week's episode, um, Black I Ears, for a minute, but I, I love it. It's, 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 it's black and white, but it's, it's, it's Dean, uh, obviously, in, uh, overcome by the mark of Cain, and he's just, he's just slaughtered, like, six people, and I, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like Jensen Ackles when his Pizza isn't delivered. <laughs> you know? No, that's not the one. I, the one I saw was, well, we know what happened to the pizza guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 
and for me, I was like, oh, you're ordering pizza? I knew you had a flaw. Of course you had a flaw. <laughs> I don't like pizza. And if I'm, gonna I'm telling you, Benny, you come to I, my house, I'm taking you to my local pizza place, and you will love pizza. Yeah, I, I hear I love pizza. If you're gonna give me pizza, don't give me pepperoni pizza. Of all pizzas, not pepperoni. No, um, I don't know. I'm not a pepperoni pizza person, but I I do love pizza. It's like it's like if someone said, okay, you need to pick one food that you're gonna eat for the rest of your life. I would pick pizza because you can make it in so many different ways, and it can be like a and perfectly balanced meal. <laughs> my answer is different, but for the same reason. I'm Joey Tribbiani. My favorite sandwich, my favorite food is a sandwich because you can make everything oh, a sandwich and every culture has a form of a sandwich. You can take, that means you can take me to anywhere and I can find something to eat. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. Put it between two, put it, put it inside of a carb and I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm Joey Tribbiano. Yeah, I love pizza. I'm all about the sandwich. There's something about pizza that just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I mean, the only time I ever want pizza is because I, do, I just can't bring myself to cook, go to the store, or go anywhere else. And, just, and usually, it's I will order. I will call a pizza place and order wings. Just bring me wings. And they're like, and you're for your pizza? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's I pizza. Okay, Flaws make everyone human, Knuckles. It's okay. <laughs> I, w- I mean, you know. Um, but I did like the whole like we're we're watching this with you, and also we're we're worried about your pizza with you. And I love how a bunch of people like after the episode, like after a little while after the episode aired, people were like, "Well, don't leave us hanging if you get your pizza or not. <laughs> you can't just leave us with a cliffhanger." Like, and we're like, "Are we not going to find out till next week if Jensen got his pizza?" <laughs> And I mean, you got to give it to this fandom. This fandom is pretty witty. Um, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. We are we are the fandom that has a lonely Jensen meme. So <laughs> that's a classic. Oh, speaking and, of, during this episode, um, Brianna did a lonely Brianna. <laughs> oh, that's it right, she did. <laughs> that was just the best thing ever. I love when she's like, because she, this is all so new to her. And at one point in the middle of the West Coast airing, she was like, send me all your fan art. It makes me fangirl. And she went, am I using that word right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I love when we we draw new people in. It's just, you know, completely Mm -hmm. turn their entire point of view of everything and, and being on a show on its head because I don't think any show does what our show does where we're like, oh, you write our episode for three seconds. Tell us everything. <laughs> and, we love and you. Also, and also, you're never leaving us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once you're there, you're stuck. <laughs> you are not allowed. We are we're like, you know. but you're causing you and we will never let you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I, like with, with the website, somebody said the other day, like, we don't understand why you linked your website. And we're like, you know, because it houses the links, therefore you can go a couple years and search for somebody. And I made an offhand comment to somebody and I said, because if Stunt Demon number four does a sci-fi movie that tanked, we want you to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you're getting, because he's, he's, he's part of us. 
So. <laughs> well, I also Very think, fast. you know, it's fandoms like, like, I keep saying fandom, our fandom is like the Hotel California. <laughs> you can check in, but you can never leave. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, and today true. I was a, a, a speaking fandom, today I was a Target, and I was having all this drama at Target, and my bank sucks, and they like to, every four months, tell me my card is compromised after the fact. Uh, so they never tell me until I go somewhere, and they're like, I'm sorry, man, your card doesn't work. I'm like, what? No, what? And then I'll get home, and there's a plain white envelope with a brand-new card in there, and it's the worst. So this is happening to me today at Target, and I'm, I'm just so angry, and I'm on hold with my bank, and I'm sitting on the floor at Target with my my transaction suspended and my basket full of stuff, and this girl gets who I didn't see her, but she was two people in line behind me, and I look up, and under her coat, she, under her jacket, she's got a black Castiel T-shirt, and, and like I was like, oh, hey, person. <laughs> I went Target. to buy a. <laughs> I went to the Supernatural. I went to the uh, Barnes and Noble to buy the Supernatural magazine when it was still out, and I handed it to the to the clerk, and and it was um, uh, it was both Jensen and Jared on the cover, and she pointed to Jared, and she went, "Ooh, you know, very handsome." And I said, "Oh yes, of course, right." And she goes, "Oh, Supernatural. Is that show still on?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I have an, an old yes, coworker. She, yeah, she like I, we, we still keep in like mild touch, but she doesn't work with me anymore. And every time I would go to a con, she'd be like, "Show me your photo op with Jensen." And she did not watch the show. <laughs> She's <laughs> never watched anything with Jensen Ackles in it, ever. Huh. She just saw one of my photo ops once when I was showing somebody else, and she's like, "Who's that?" And I told <laughs> her, and I thought I told her, thinking she'll watch the show. No, five yeah. years later, she is five years. She still has not seen the show, but she was telling me, "Show me Jensen Ackles photo op." Mm. <laughs> so funny. you know, it it crosses planes to even non-watchers. <laughs> well, it turned out that the Barnes and Noble um, clerk knew Jared from Gilmore Girls. That oh. that that was. That was more her focus. When he was the dean. Yeah, the other dean. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, my, I'm not uh, a Gilmore Girls fan. My, <laughs> husband, uh, my husband works at a high school. He's a high school counselor. And there's a, a teacher there who she came up to him uh, back a few months ago, a couple months ago, I guess it was now. And she wanted him to give him a hug. Because she wanted to be hugged by someone who had been hugged by Jensen and Jared. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, that's great. It's six degrees of separation for gay squared hugs. I love that. (laughs) She was only four degrees away. 
God, so close. <laughs> or possibly three, because mm-hmm. math is hard. Don't ever ask me to do math. <laughs> Uh, that, there were degrees. That, there were degrees in the lesson. That's my funniest story. <laughs> this show, and 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 I say it because, and because I mentioned earlier, you know, for a show being ten years on the air, this is a show where five years ago, three years ago, you would be hard to find somebody who knew what the heck you were talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, especially yep, yeah. if you don't feel like. You know, I live in a moderately large city, but still, no, no one ever knew what I, my entire time of watching the show, I've only ever known one person to know what the show was outside of me going, here, watch this, thanks. One person. Yeah. Up until about, up until about three, four years ago. So, I mean... Same here. It went from nobody knows what it is to permeating every every corner of the world. Rush used to be whenever we'd go out somewhere, he'd be like, you know, he would ask people, have you ever heard of super, this show called Supernatural? You know, because he was like, nobody watches it but you, he would tell me. So he would ask, <laughs> you know, of course, and we'd find nobody. You know, he was sure nobody. So now, you know, he's got the person at work hugging him because I that he was been hugged by me, who's been hugged by Jared and Jensen. I have um, a cousin who um, she her she sent me the other day a picture. Her all her daughter wanted for her birthday, and it was a picture of Sam Dean and a poster of Sam Dean and Castiel on her bedroom wall. That was all she wanted for, for her birthday. Um, I have uh, my mom's sister, who is now totally hooked on Supernatural, and the only thing on my Facebook page she has ever commented or liked on. Was my photo op- was one of my photo ops with Jared and Jensen, mm-hmm. and you know, so it's like they're everywhere now. You're exactly right. And a few years ago, well, nobody knew them. I have a cousin who's um, she's almost exactly uh, ten years younger than me, and so she, you know, I used to take care of her when she was little, but we've kind of drifted apart. She's got two kids now, and we don't. Li- we still live in the same city, but we live on like completely opposite ends, and you know, life just gets in the way and we kind of keep in touch more through another one of our cousins because the other cousin is actually her godmother. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, my cousin walks in and she says, oh, by the way, text Jenna. And I said, what for? She said, she started talking about Supernatural and I told her, well, you know, Vinny watches that show and she's like, she does? And she's like, well, yeah, she has a website and she goes to the cons and she does a podcast. And my cousin was like, this, this has she touched them? <laughs> and my was like, yeah, yeah, she has. She's like, my cousin's famous. <laughs> really? Calm <laughs> down. She's really not. I was like, oh god, tell me you talked her down. She's like, yeah, I did. Don't worry. I got your back. I kept you on earth. <laughs> Thank you so much. But yeah, That's where so because yeah, because her second child, the pregnancy was, you know, the the the. It was a delivery didn't go. I mean, the baby's fine, but it wasn't absolute because my my cousin's like super super tiny in all aspects, and so she was in the hospital longer than they had anticipated. So TNT reruns, and she got hooked. So mm. it is what it is, and you know, to have the show still be putting out episodes like it's been doing lately. Um, 
you can't. You, I mean, you, you can't be mad at it. I'll say that much. You may not like mm. every episode. You may not like every season. Which, you know, on this podcast, one of us will be like, like she always, you know, she watches the episode before me, and she was like, "Tell me how you liked it." I was like, "I liked it. I'm so glad. I'm not going to be the mean curmudgeonly one on the, on the podcast. I feel like I'm always the curmudgeonly one." Yes, I stole that word from Jensen Ackles and Sarah Gabble. Whatever. Um, but I always feel like I'm the, you know, slightly more wicked witch of us, and. <laughs> I was like, I get to come here with nothing but love. It's very exciting for me. <laughs> so, you know, this is the crew episode. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't have anything bad. Mm. And even usually, the ones, and even the ones that I've been more critical of, it's, it's, it's not as critical as I've been in the past. <laughs> And the what here's the weird thing for me this year. Usually I'm all about the story arc. You know, I I like the running yeah, storylines so for a season. And I, now I'm I'm really liking the coming back to the monster of the weeks, like in the first, you know, two or three seasons and I that was the bread and butter of the series. So it's yes, feels- exactly. And next it week feels being almost a, nostalgic. Right, exactly. And next week, looking like it's going to be a story arc episode, not a monster of the week. I'm like kind of dreading it because <laughs> I'm like, these have been so good. I'm worried now. Um, I was reluctant <laughs> to tell this part of the story, so because you did, I will. <laughs> and uh, like I said, my mom said, you haven't picked up your phone the whole time. And I was like, I don't have a reason to. I don't have to. You know, I'm, uh, there's not a moment where I'm going, I don't care. Um, and she says, well, it's because it's, 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 and she said, it's our old formula, which is one thing I love where everyone, everyone's decided that they're all, we all apparently work on the show. Um, because, so she's like, it's our old formula. And I said, I know. And she's like, I've missed this so much. I was like, me too. And then I had already seen the sneak peek because I'm not a spoiler phobe at all. It's really hard to anybody out there. You know, there's so many supernatural fan sites. Anybody who has a fan site knows it's impossible to stay spoiler-free. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I had already seen the sneak peek before I ever even saw the episode. And I guess I kind of went, yeah. And she went, she said, we're not doing a Monster of the Week next week, are we? And I go, no. And her whole face fell. And I was like, oh, is it going to be good or not? And she was like, oh, I guess. <laughs> like, and, and again, you know, I and I think because and, you know, both Jared and Jensen have talked about this in recent interviews as well. It's it's back to formula. And it, it, with season one and season two, the primary episodes, and even season three, were Monster of the Week episodes with a little bit of whatever the myth arc or storyline was woven in. You know, season one is, mm-hmm. what, almost 100%. Yeah, yeah it's almost... It's, it's almost 100% Monster of the Week until the end, but the whole time you know it's the search for Dad. And then season two, predominantly Monster of the Week, but it's 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 the worry about what's going to happen to Sam and what might happen to Sam and the search for the demon and all that. But it's 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 not forgotten about, but it's 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 that shadow in the background 
rather than, as we've discussed, and we've all said this, instead of the anvil falling on your head. <laughs> and now, mm. with the mark of pain, we're back to the shadow in the corner. And mm-hmm. I just, it, it's it's what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, overall, I, I'm enjoying season 10 very much. You know, it's not perfect, but I haven't loved everything, but I've enjoyed way, way, way more than I have it. And it makes me right. happy. And yeah, and it's really good. And and you know, it's okay. I'll 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 walk alone on this one. I'm really looking forward to next week. <laughs> I'm not I'm okay. not I'm 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 intrigued based on the mm-hmm. uh, sneak peek and um you know the CW Here's the next thing released the longer sneak peek which intrigued me more. I'm not gonna you know, obviously not gonna say anything, I'm not gonna spoil, but because I know there are people who do not re- watch the sneak peeks, but um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. But prior to the clue episode, I was excited, and prior to this episode, I was excited for the episode, and I don't mm-hmm. feel that excitement right now. Here's the I part I'm a bit dread, but I'm I don't feel an excitement. I am very excited about Castiel's storyline in next week's episode. Um, I mentioned it last week um, when, mm-hmm. you know, Castiel was looking at the computer and looking up Jimmy Novak. And, you know, so that's going to be brought up next week. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, the other stuff I'm just kind of nervous about. But, I'm, you know, because I'm, like I said, I'm really, really loving the Monster of the Week. But I don't know who wrote it because whoever writes up the CW um, episode synopsis that they send out every week, they put in the same information as this week. They have the same director and same writer on this week's episode on the, as in next week's episode. So Guy B, um, he directs next week, and so I was able to get you know update that on our website, but I still don't know who wrote it. Um, but Guy B directed it, which we all here love, Guy. And Guy's mm-hmm. going to be on our podcast next week. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Guy's always awesome mm-hmm. and tells really good stories. Yes. And I'm going to say, again, because I've been a complete ray of sunshine this episode, and we can't have that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is this chick? Um, I'm going to say kind of close to what Becky's saying, but I'm going to say it maybe not in the nicest of ways, but I mean it in an optimistic way. But like you said, you're looking forward to Cass's storyline. I'm looking forward to Cass having a storyline. Valid <laughs> <laughs> point. Because I really, for a character that I, I really enjoyed in season four, and kind of got a little cooler about in season. I enjoyed in season four and five, and I got cooler about him in season six until the man who would be king. And then I went, "Oh God, I love you." Um, and I in season seven, I at the end, I, I liked him being crazy, and everybody knows that I have a penchant for Cass and Mag. And then in season eight and season nine, I keep going, "What is the point of you?" Like. It's been a year and a half. Why are we still looking for your grace? Why can't you find it? Is she in Metatron's drawer? <laughs> He's not at all being careful about anything because he was so, he, his ego's through the roof. 
I mean, to be slightly blasphemous, he has an ego the size of God. So I'm pretty sure your grace is in, a, in the desk drawer. Go get it. It's been a year That's and a half. That's very funny. Go get your grace. So I'm I looking forward to it. <laughs> like, there's only some <laughs> it can be. And I'm pretty sure it's in the desk drawer. And I swear if it's in the desk drawer, I'm going to be so angry. But anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, he so, kept the angel tablet in the typewriter. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't give me a character who's so full of himself, like you said, to have the tablet in the typewriter that he's constantly typing on it, using it. And I'm telling my story. And you really think he hid your grace that well? Like at best, it's in, a, it's in one of those books with the carved, the carved out pages. At best, go toss the room already. <laughs> so, you know, at this point, it is a little tiresome that, like I said, for a year and a half, nearly, we're still trying to, mm. we're still trying to figure out Cass's grace, and it, it, it becomes where you, it, it becomes where you start to wonder: Do you just not know what to do with this character anymore? And it's the kind of character that it's easy to paint yourself into a corner because mm. he's an angel. Right. So he's, he's by definition, a deus ex machina. So what are you going to mm-hmm. do? You can't, you can't have him on, on very many cases at all because all he has to do is walk into the room and, okay, we took care of this. What? And, you know, there's no injuries mm. because I fixed you. So you have to do something to tone him down, and I get that but for a year and a half. So I'm looking forward to him having a storyline. Just please do something with the angel I once loved. Please. Yeah, I agree. Because while I think that the the moments that he's had this season have been done them well, but I, again, like I said, it, it feels like a separate show. And I think... He could be, even if you're doing a separate storyline, you can make it feel like it's not a separate show. Because they do that with Crowley. Crowley's very well woven in. And Cass seems to not quite be as well woven in. Yep. So, yes, there's your there's your weekly, God, when he's a downer, segment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, so nobody, no, so, so nobody gets, yeah, so just so nobody gets it in their head that like I'm a nice person or anything. Can't have that. <laughs> well, if you're a well, downer, we all Hakuna are. Hakuna Matata. On the other hand, Hakuna Matata, lady. Hakuna Matata, lady. Another one of my favorite lines, and and uh, Donna was listening when Dean mentioned Mufasa and just. Yeah, rolled with it. I think, if I'm not mistaken, was that an actor by Brianna? Was did she tweet that? I get confused. Uh, I, well, not confused. They have a few ad libs. I think the Jodio was an ad lib as well. I mm-hmm. loved Jodio. Yeah, Jodio. I have to go back through her tweets to to remember which ones were ad libs and which ones were scripted. But I kind of feel like she said the Akuna Matata was was ad libbed. I need to find me a new friend named Jody, just so I can call her Jody. <laughs> Jody, <laughs> yes. <laughs> please don't call Jody-o. us Vinio and, Su- and Susan O, because no, please don't. <laughs> oh. Susio. My, oh, yeah. my name, my name by definition is already a nickname, so let's not do that. 
I had somebody try oh. Susu Studio on me once. The, the <laughs> Phil Collins song? <laughs> no. <laughs> Were they a Phil Collins fan? I mean, this doesn't roll off the tongue, although uh, my boss, her name is Sherry, and so it never oh, fails. Sherry. People will call, and they'll be she's like, hi, this is Sherry. And they, they, it doesn't matter. Someone will sing her the song, even though they don't know her. And so she sits there for like 20 seconds going, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow, I get that first sometimes. time I've heard that. <laughs> yes. Well, she'll mm-hmm. go, yeah. She'll yeah. Go, oh, I get that sometimes. <laughs> oh, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it never, like, if you're like, oh, Sherry, and somebody else will do it. She's like, I hate all of you. I didn't mean to. I was just. I just needed you to come here. I just needed you to come here. <laughs> so I think everybody. I, you can't do it with my day. That's great, but you know, I grew up with Vinny Testaverde, the football player, Vinny Barbarito from Uncle Matt Cotter, uh, Vinny from the Bronx. Hey, Vinny, can you get me a pizza? My yeah, cousin so. Vinny. No, my cousin Vinny. No. This is here. Hold on. This is the hard part. Let me tell you too, because we're all of. In the same generation, this is the hard part about getting older with the name Vinny. When I was in high school and in my my 20s, and I would say Vinny, and people would go, Winnie? And I'd be like, no, Vinny, like the movie, My Cousin Vinny. And people go, oh. And now people go, I say Vinny, and they say Winnie. And I said, no, Vinny, like like my cousin Vinny, the movie, and they uh, blank stares. Anyone under oh, no. Anyone under 25 blank stared. I'm like, you've never seen the Academy Award winning? No, no, no. No. Oh, my God, their lives are lacking severely. I love that movie. Do you even know how to be grits? Get out of here. Get out of here. (laughs) My boys are both, uh, you know, and they're, you know, they're both 20. And they know my cousin Benny backwards and forwards. Because you are a good mother. Yes, and it's <laughs> on our DVR, and it's never left our DVR, so it's always there. Yeah. But do you watch it four times a week? If not, get on my level with a few good men. Get on my Dylan level. does. Dylan See? does. You're just good people. I, I do, I'll, wake I do up it. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and hear Dylan in the living room watching my cousin Vinny. So. Does the defense's <laughs> case hold water? And you don't need to be able to get a response back, no, right? Not no. so much anymore. So I'm going to have to find. No. I, I guess I could always go, you know, like Vinny from like Jersey Shore, and that'll probably work. Boy. So. I don't have a problem with it because I, I, like, I, like I said when we had Smokey on the, uh, for, for an episode, I watched Jersey Shore without any irony, so I can't even be mad at it. <laughs> Well, there was a little bit of irony, but um, but like I said, in terms of the episode, I'd be very hard pressed to find anything to honestly. I mean, it's not like I look for things to be negative, but I I do watch with a critical eye, and I'd be very hard pressed to find anything to criticize about this episode. The writing, the acting, the direction, the lighting, the set design. Jerry wanted mm-hmm. the 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 sheriff convention, all that fantastic, mm-hmm. very well done. Yep. yep. Um, another little moment I just enjoyed. No, no, no big agenda behind it. But I loved when Sam and Dean finally saw Jody. She hugged both of them. It's always nice mm-hmm. to see them just get a nice warm hug. 
You know, I'm glad to see, I'm genuinely glad to see you. I don't know more than that. I, you're part yeah, of the and family. And she's probably the closest Sam, and at this point, Dean, after all these years, that they have to a mother figure. And mm-hmm. you know, go back to the time after time where she says, don't make me use my mom voice. Mm-hmm. And I always, the most heartbreaking thing is there's a uh, a post on Tumblr that says, it's got the gif of don't make me use my mom voice. And it's underneath it says, I don't think Joey realizes Sam doesn't know what that sounds like. Aww. And uh, mm. it's the most heartbreaking Aww. thing ever. Because you're like, oh my God, it doesn't. Oh, oh, <laughs> ouch. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, to see her be so well re- well received by them. And, you know, she was very nearly their aunt slash, you know, surrogate stepmother because, you know, there was the, the Jody Bobby thing brewing. Um, well, thanks a lot. You so, just yeah. made my happy hug moment sad. Thanks I'm a lot. so sorry. I meant to give it. Again, I meant to give it more feeling. I'm sorry. <laughs> I assume everybody has seen that. I'm never on Tumblr, and I see these things because I, I don't know, like it's tweeted on my timeline. I'm like, oh, a Tumblr post. But yes, if you've never seen it, it is absolutely heartbreaking because you go, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's true. Poor Sam. It's sad um, because it's I, true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, ah, say? It was. Oh, I liked also um, Jody telling Dean that that if he needed to talk, she was there without being too pushy. It was very similar to how she had said it to Alex as well. It's just like you know, like. I heard, you know, you've obviously been through some stuff and, you know, I'm, I make a mean chowder and you never need to talk. And and Dean genuinely appreciates it, you know. Unlikely he will ever take her up on it. You never know. But I, he really, really appreciates and loves that she made that offer to him. And I, I like it. I did too. I and I like, you know, as someone who is admittedly um, bitter about Sam not having friends. I like when they kind of halfies share a friend versus not so halfies. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, same these. Um, same these. Yeah, that is one thing I, I like about Jody as well. Is you almost always get a genuine moment with her for mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the win column, both Jody and Donna survived the episode. Neither one of them died. That's a good yes. Yep. Back to live to fight another day. I wonder what Donna will do with this new knowledge. I mean, will she just I go back to her job? It means we're going to see her again. Just, I know that's not what you're really saying, but that's what I'm saying. And and as I'm saying on like every every podcast, whoever's listening to us, uh, please to be doing this. Thank you. Yes, I mean on on on. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> on the on the reality level, yes, you know, is Supernatural is a TV show. Yes, definitely love to see Donna again on Supernatural, being the reality. I wonder I wonder what Donna's gonna do when she goes back to her daily job and she goes back to her life 
and is she going to put this aside? Is she going to learn everything she possibly can? Is she going to start looking for the monsters in her own town? Is she going to communicate with Jody and say, got a hunt, you know, for me? You know, shall we shall we hunt together? I just wonder if she's going to do that. I don't think or is it just a one-time thing for her? I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing that she seeks out. I think it's going to change her, the way she examines the case. And you can already kind of see it in her in the first, and I admit, at first I forgot that she didn't know what was going on. For a while I kept thinking, wouldn't it be funny if she calls Sam and Dean too? And then all of a sudden I remembered, oh wait, she doesn't know about these things. And because there's that moment where she tells her, to come look. She puts on her glasses in the morning. She's like, come look. I've never seen bites like this. Have you? And so you mm-hmm. already kind of get that that vision kind of thing going with her, which I think goes mm-hmm. and falls in line with when she gets, when she finally finds out, you know, she has that like, no way kind of moment, but then she she goes, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that 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 question was already there a little bit. Yeah. Because she's deceptively easygoing and and light and so chipper, you think she's, well, she's, she's you know, not good at that part of that job or not it's not her focus, like maybe but what I you know, like she's sort of an office cop or something. Hmm? Well, and what I, I think, like is that she's chipper but there's little things before she finds out what's going. Like I said, the I've never seen marks like this where you realize she's mm-hmm. a damn good, you know, mm-hmm. law enforcement officer. Yeah, see, it's and I think what you, it's very what you have to remember is yeah, what you have to remember in terms of Donna and Jody as well is they aren't police officers; they are sheriffs, and sheriffs are elected officials. Like they, they, that means there's county going. Yes, you. We trust you to take care of us. And, you know, I think that's an important thing to remember about both characters. And I think also with um, Donna's chipper personality, I think we saw in this episode, that she uses that a lot of times to cover up and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with her Because, again, when she says, when she says yeah, when she says, you know, I'm going to no. me those gloves, I'm going to take a look at the body. And then when Jody's like, I want to see the effects, and Jody's approach gets the the medical examiner going. <sighs> but yet mm. she basically leaves Donna to examine the body at her leisure, and you know that that's what that's what Donna's approach gets her. But again, like I mm-hmm. said, Jody's approach works because she is elected as the sheriff of her county, so her right. approach also right. works. Yeah, she's used to she's used to people go going with her method. You know, it's like I ask for something, I get it. She's blunt. That that's what works for her. Donna's found her own way that works for her as well. And it's mm-hmm. not that maybe she couldn't be like Jody, but she chooses a different method. And there's plenty of intelligence and smarts and intuition and common sense and capability under all that. But that's what she uses. To, to get her job done. And she's just learned that, you know, making friends with everyone that she might need to question or, or answer um, is more helpful for getting those answers 
And it's also if that's the persona you show someone, they will they will follow that script with you and think what think what you are, what you want them to think you are, and that will also get you farther in your investigation. It's kind of like a little bit like Columbo. Speaking of you know showing your age in a TV show, a comparison, but Columbo, you know, most people who ran into him just did not believe he was a capable investigator at all. It was always sort of hmm, let me think. Oh, just one more thing, and then he'd pull it all together and have noticed everything and have solved the case. But he was, he was at it. worked for him. It, it worked for him. And she's kind of like that too, I think. I agree. Well, have we talked about this episode enough? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I I I hope Jenny's listening. <laughs> I and I kind of want to say I kind of want to say something that's going to sound kind of disparaging, but it's it's not. In that I got caught up in this as well, and I realized this upon going back that I I kind of owe you know both Eric Carmelo, Nicole Snyder, and Jenny Klein a slight apology because you get caught up in. And fandom telling you which writers are good or not, or which writers are worthy of accolades, really, you know. And and, and those three writers have kind of been, over the past couple years, disparaged. And I went Mm -hmm. back and I I, kind of looked at all their episodes and went, no, I've actually enjoyed everything these writers have done. I just didn't realize it because they don't do as many episodes per season. Um, mm-hmm. And Jenny was Jenny at one time was you know a writer's assistant, so she's been she's been you know part of the the WB mm-hmm. family for quite a while. And mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of went back and went no no I actually quite like your episode and the things that I tend to nitpick about your episode are actually not anything you did. Like you know my nitpick with Dog Dean Afternoon was the same as Jared's nitpick, which was the, the voices of the dogs. Well, that's not Eric or Nicole's fault. They didn't do that. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, the actual storyline, I, 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 I rather enjoyed. So, and, you know, also last year with The Purge and with Rock in a Hard Place, kind of going, yeah, no, I, I, I dig your stuff. So um, while I've never mm-hmm. been disparaging of them, I will say that sometimes I allowed fandom fandom majorities to color how I was going to feel about their episodes. And no, I would for all three writers, you all have had the two my two favorite episodes of this season. So, and going back, I, I've I realized I've, I've quite always enjoyed your episodes. So I don't want to say I owe you an apology because I've never really torn your episodes apart, but I. <laughs> I want to I want to congratulate you the three of them for being the writers that I I kind of think seem to get Sam and Dean the best right now. Mhm. Not saying um, that nobody also, else gets them, but I I feel like they get them the best right now. Yeah. We also have to tip our hat to Phil Sagrisha who who um exactly, yes. worked on the story with this episode too. And that was that's really great too, and like, yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, very cool, very cool for him to do that and mm-hmm. to work with Jenny on it. And you know, 
they 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 did the story together, but Jenny wrote the teleplay for it. Um, mm-hmm. but, right. But you know, yeah. Congratulations to both of them. Yeah. Was, Somewhere I'm, I was looking for it, but Jenny actually tweeted about um, Phil and and the story and all that. Pretty cool. And I'm looking at her tweets, and I'm just reminded also um, they put the song "The Weight" by the band in this episode, and yes. it was really cool to hear it. It's a great song. Jensen has sung that song as well. And he tweeted about it, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, so, it yeah. came on and my mom and I sang along, so. <laughs> Not the kind of episode you'd think that that song would show up either, so that was super cool. Mm-hmm. Again, and back to the formula of you getting a song like that where it doesn't have to necessarily have a meaning. It's just. Mm-hmm. Song because this is on the you get the idea that this is what's on the radio for Dean and Sam mm-hmm. is what they're listening to you're in the car with them driving up right. at least that's how I felt <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, well, anything else any other comments moments guesses uh Kudos to whoever said obviously in that one scene. That's my favorite part. So whoever you are, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> whether whether ye be cast or crew. Yeah. Becky Salute, Salute goes out to you. <laughs> <laughs> you made my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think we have too much in the way of housekeeping. No, not much going on right now. Um Okay. Uh, uh, our shirt is back on sale. Um, <laughs> it's a little—it's a little strange to say it's a limited edition shirt, but it's the only reason it'll go—it goes back on sale is when the sale ends. It, and that's just how Teespring works. If it gets the minimal amount of requests, it'll go back into production. So you know, technically, it is it is still limited edition because you cannot walk into a store and get this shirt that Freakster designed for us, that Jensen Ackles wore. And if you still haven't gotten it and you feel like you missed out, it is for sale again. And it does help us keep Winchester Bros going because Winchester Bros comes completely out of our pockets usually. So mm-hmm. we enjoy that. We're a totally, <laughs> we're a totally non-profit site. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get paid is- for anything. Um, it's not our job. We're, we're not professionals. We're just fans who take a lot of time out of our lives <laughs> to and, and, work on and, the and, site and Twitter and Facebook and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, again, I, I will say, you know, those of you who have run fan sites, whether it's for Supernatural currently or before or newly, or if you run a fan site for another fandom, you know it's a job on top of a job. And, Sometimes it's a job that feels thankless, and we are blessed as Winchester Bros that it does not feel thankless for us. We feel Mm -hmm. thankful Mm -hmm. and grateful on a daily basis for the support we get and from the cast, the crew, and people who are just like us, just your random fangirl watching your episode in your room and jumping on what, your social media platform of preference and going, oh, my God, did you guys see this? Mm-hmm. So um, that's, us. that's exactly us. <laughs> that is exactly mm-hmm. what we do. 
that is exactly what we do, but, you know, the, the site and the podcast and the Twitter and the Facebook, um, it takes time, and it is a mm-hmm. nearly full-time job on top of our regular jobs that give us a paycheck. Only mm-hmm. and, families. <laughs> and families. And families and, and just social other real life and considerations. And yes, uh, yeah, there's yes, a, because a lot happening. And this website mm-hmm. has existed for 10 years. The podcast has existed for seven. That's a long time in fandom yeah. land to run a site. And it's, and it's a lot of, and, and it, it does, like I said, it, both, both ventures, you know, the website costs and the podcast costs. So mm-hmm. we appreciate the help because there have been times where we're going, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? We, we right. can't continue to do this. And so thank you all so much because you have no idea how much we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting a little teary, so let's not go down that <laughs> route. <laughs> I, again, I'm the grumpy one, so let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's, that's about all we've got we've got a few people that we've been retweeting that have been making um, holiday ornaments but of course you know you don't have to just hang them on a tree you don't have to celebrate Christmas You, they are gorgeous um, uh, Denise uh, Archie Denise and Tracy Gurney and uh, those are the ones who are doing oh, uh, Sophie Gospin who uh, works with us on so many things. Um, she sponsors our podcast. She sponsors our podcast, and um, yes. she has also donated um, stuff for us to get signed by Jared and Jensen that we turn around an auction for uh, for various charities. So you know, Claudia, we love you too. Um, but you know, keep an eye on our Twitter because we are retweeting those links for things and. They have, you know, of course, you know, there's always going to be a Sam Bean cast of those ornaments. You know, Baby will always exist. But depending on the artist, you know, you've got Abaddon, you've got Jody, you've got Crowley, you've got uh, Bobby, Bobby, John. Like, I mean, you just, and a lot of them do take requests or if you, uh, if they hear enough want for a specific design, they take it into consideration and they are fans just like you. So just like us, just like you, they're just doing what they love in the medium that they love. So yeah. keep an eye and on And for that. many, it's not their main job either. It's, it's exactly after they get home from work. <laughs> and they work very yeah. hard. And anything artistic-related, it takes time and effort and materials and designs. And then you exactly. don't like it, and you redo it, and you edit it, and you revise it. <laughs> and yes, it's a of work that goes in occasionally exactly. I, see, I see someone comment wow that's that's a lot of money for that I'm like well right. okay but <laughs> you have to you you have to realize that it seems like a lot of money but these people are making such little profit off of it when you take mm-hmm. into consideration and the, so the many shipping times, like you said, the material so hours to make something and you break it down per hour somebody might make make like three dollars an hour exactly say a dollar so and they yeah yeah so um you know again support grassroots because a lot of these people uh they sell on etsy or on their own website that again they fund with their own money 
um, to have a URL, to have a URL, to have bandwidth, to have those things, it costs money, and you know, it, it helps. It helps them help them help you. <laughs> it is one of my favorite <laughs> quotes. Um, but it, it, it is it is accurate in this in this aspect. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, keep an eye because we always try to stay on top of. We get a lot of tweets, we get a lot of Facebook messages, a lot of Facebook comments, but we try to keep on top of giving you the information that we we would like to know. So we assume that everybody else wants to know as well. Um, like I said, if Stunt Demon Four does a sci-fi movie that tanks, mm-hmm. we'll probably let you know about it as long as we know. Um, so. Yeah, just it's appreciated, and we appreciate you, and we hope you appreciate us. Yes, so, thank you. Okay, that was mushy. Um, <laughs> was, oh, actually, that was less mushy. T-shirt, thank you. Oh, next week is also uh, the mid-season uh, finale, so... It'll be a hiatus for the show and a hiatus for us. We try to throw in a few podcasts here and there, maybe revisit old episodes, but it is the holiday season, so we won't make any promises on that, but we will try. We are mm-hmm. in talks with... I don't want to spoil A-talk. it to say somebody... Ah, you I'm going to say it. <laughs> We've tweeted about it. People have seen it. We've oh, that's true. About it. That's true. Uh, um, yeah. Nikki Acox, who was original Meg... Um, maybe coming on our podcast in January. So I'm so excited about that. So if you're mm. if you're anything like me, you're having a little bit of a meltdown inside right now. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Oh, and and yes. I've been, yeah, and someone else we work with who does really cool, beautiful things, Film Jewels. Well. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, very cool stuff. Jewelry, necklaces, and not just supernatural. And if you have other, I was going to say a lot of these too. people. Yeah, a lot of these people. You'll get on their website and you'll be like, "Oh, I'm here for something supernatural," and then you'll you'll realize that they do Doctor Who as well, or they do Game of Thrones as well. Mm-hmm. They do uh, Sherlock, Arrow, Sherlock. You know, Mar- Marvel. All, all the shows. Yes, all the shows that mm-hmm. we all, as geeky nerdy people, think I wish I had. A blah blah blah. Of that. You, mm-hmm. you realize that, oh, you do have that. Okay. So, again, <laughs> um, I mentioned Artsy Denise. I've ordered Supernatural ornaments from her, but I also ordered a Doctor Who ornament from her. And point of fact, she doesn't even watch Doctor Who. She just knew that people no on way. her timeline. She doesn't. No, and her TARDIS is gorgeous, right? That TARDIS ornament yes, is gorgeous. Yes, I ordered, I ordered her TARDIS ornament, too. <laughs> I she does not watch the show. She tried to watch the episode, couldn't really get into it, um, tried to fix that. Uh, but, she, yeah, she's never watched the show. <laughs> There's a couple other fathoms that she's never watched the show, but she is an artist, and she understands that, you know, she can't just stick in her own little, stay in her own little box. And every person that I we've talked about on the podcast in terms of their artwork and their creations all does the same thing. They take, you know outside demand into consideration and they they try their hardest to make everybody as happy as they can be. So hmm. maybe she hasn't met the right doctor yet. I told her what she should do is watch Blink first because it's such a standalone episode but it's so good. 
but you don't need any kind of backstory. And the doctor mm-hmm. is such a small part. Like we're saying with this episode where Sam and Dean are not the, the front runners of this episode, Blink for, for Doctor Who, the doctor's not front runner of that episode. You meet him, he's there, but he, or he's sort of there, but he, he's not the primary. And so it's a good episode. I told her, I was like, that's the episode you need to watch because you don't need to know anything other than time travel exists. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So anybody who's listening who doesn't watch Doctor Who, season three, Blink, watch mm. it now. Thank me later. Scary, 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 scary episode. Love it, but oh my goodness, terrifying for me. And such a simple Which I'm premise. trying to get, yes, and you know what, everybody, if anybody's listening, like I said, Archie Denise, I'm trying to get her to do an ornament that's Cass and Gabriel and the TARDIS, and it says the angel snake in the phone box, um, and she doesn't get the joke, obviously, but if more wow. people could tell her to make it, maybe she will. <laughs> oh, I will totally tell her to make that. I want that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> A, uh, a friend of mine uh, and I pitched that to her. She was like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, oh, even. Oh, but, yeah. Um, the angels have the phone box and Cass and Gabe. So, oh, that would be so good. Wouldn't it be perfect? Yeah. So, yes. yes. Anybody who's listening, she is at Archie Denise, spelled just like it sounds. <laughs> Tweet her. Tweet no her out. spaces. <laughs> yes. No spaces, no underscores, nothing. Tell her, Cass and Gabriel need to take the phone box. so again thank you so much and i think that does it for us tonight i think it does thanks everybody for listening we'll see uh well we'll talk to you next week uh probably friday night right another friday Uh, right now yeah so far right now it looks like guys schedule if he's able to make it will be friday Yep. And uh, stay tuned to us on Twitter and Facebook. We'll certainly update with uh, the exact podcast time and date for sure as soon as we know it. And both of those are uh, Winchester Bros. Twitter, of course, is at Winchester Bros. And Facebook is WinchesterBros.com. You can always go to our website, WinchesterBros.com, and find out all that information as well. Um, that's it. Thank you. And is that it? Because we'll let Jared and Jensen uh, take us out. Go for it. Okay. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.